Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Crystal Tower Radio. Spoiler alert. Today with me we have Calera. Hello. Claude is finally Hello. back. Hello. I'm back. And Jack. Hello. Yeah, Claude's back, everybody. He has recovered Yay. from his grievous injuries. Yes, my face works again. Your face works again. Hopefully I'm glad you have a working face. Me too. <laughs> oh, man. So I have a question. Can we talk spoilers now? Yes. Since yes. Twitter's, since, you know, New Year's Day when everybody went nuts on Twitter with all their spoilering, I think, I think it's now fair game for us. We're exactly, we're exactly two months from the release of Early Access, right? It was December 6th? I believe so. No, the third, third or the sixth? Yeah, it might have been the sixth. Hang on, let me. Okay, so so either way, we're like roughly or exactly two months from early access beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. Yeah, I think it's now a safe time to be able to. Yeah, it was the uh, December third is when it went to okay, early access. Cool. So yeah, we are three months removed. Two months. And. Uh, eh. <laughs> Time is a construct, Claude. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say about that. Um, coming up soon, we have the Valentine's Day stuff that starts on Tuesday, and then a week from Friday, we have our new live letter. I can't wait. You can't wait. This will be well, 6.1 stuff, right? Yes. I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping I'm, for. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they'll give us a preview of what Ishgardian housing looks like. And hopefully they've made progress on the islands, so we can see what it looks like. <laughs> so you can have your animal crossing and eat it too? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Your Switch might be losing a cartridge slot, or might, might be gaining <laughs> an empty cartridge slot, finally. Or I, I, I would be gaining precious... Um, like uh, the micro SD spot. Right. Space. Yes. God, can you imagine how much crafting stuff is going to go up whenever that island stuff all comes together? Crafters you are going to make so much money. No, actually. Mm. Um, so before, like, we're talking expansions before, I used to make a lot of money off of furnishings. And now you have to either be like really on the ball like first thing or um just just pray that um there are not a lot of crafty folks out there or there's a whole mm. bunch of lazy folks out there because i have not made that much money as i had before off of crafted furnishings over the course of 6.0 so far uh over the course of um, 5.0 to Oh wow! 6.0. So this is yeah. so this has been a thing for a while. Yes. Well, that kind of yeah, it does become a race to the bottom once everybody starts getting to things. I mean, I got one of the crystals from the Ex Heidelin fight, and I've just been watching that precipitously drop as more and more people are getting clears. Yes. Oh darn! Oh darn! I wonder how. Oh I, well, I wonder how much the the actual like crafted barding sells over the crystal to see if it's worth just like making the birding and then reselling the birding. Mm -hmm. That's true as well. There is kind of a 
utility situation where if it's like if it's the final product then you know obviously more expensive than the materials to craft it in the first place yeah yes so what else have you guys been up to in game so far I... well <laughs> okay. let's say <Cal>, go ahead <laughs> um so i finished my crafters and i finished um penta melding most of my gear so i decided that i was gonna finally start leveling things and i've been switching back and forth trying to find out which one i wanted to actually focus on so for a while i was working on all of my tanks and i had them all at 82 and then i'm like you know <laughs> maybe it's not such a good idea because i'm barely making progress so i decided i'm gonna just pick the one I like the least and work on that until I get it to 90 and then work on the others. So it was a toss up between Paladin and Dark Knight. And I decided to go with Paladin <laughs> first. <laughs> Cause to me that was the most boring. <laughs> so Oh no. Yeah, I mean it's What do you not like about Paladin? Or what makes it boring to you? What makes it boring to me? So, Gunbreaker is like a DPS class, and Warrior is like a DPS class, <laughs> and Dark Knight. It's also like a DPS class. Yes, and and <laughs> Paladin just isn't. <laughs> Paladin is a tank, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I'm just trying to get everything to ninety really and so i'm not mm -hmm. trying to i'm not actively looking to play with other people there's people who invited me and i'm like no thanks and i'll just do fates and trusts on my own because i really want to get those leveled too that makes so, sense yeah claude what are you up to well, I'm also trying to level all my jobs to 90. Um, right now I'm on Reaper. Um, I've finished Dragoon. I finished Monk. Um, so I'm doing the, the melee DPSs first, not uh, including Ninja. Ninja will be when I do the ranged. Get that, because they're, they're all at 80. Um, I'm going to jump over to the tanks next and do the tanks. But Cal is right. Like so. I Now, this is my bias going all the way back to 2.0 was that whenever you had to level Gladiator to get Warrior, Gladiator does significantly less damage than Marauder does, and or at least it was back in 2.0. So Gladiator felt so boring because you were doing just like so much less damage, and you're like, ugh. So you were just like, okay, well, this is a slog, so I'm never going to play this class. Um, you know, but in also 2.0, it was like the tank to have, like you, you couldn't, you didn't, <laughs> people didn't want warriors in their party because the mitigation for tank was just, or for paladin was just so much better. Yeah, um, I remember those days. but yeah, so the, uh, it, so, so I've always just carried this thing around that like paladin's boring, but paladin's definitely going to be either the next job I level, actually, yeah, it's going to be the next job that I level, um, and then finish Dark Knight, and then Gunbreaker before moving on to either the casters or... No, it'll be healers. I'll jump to healers next after that. Ooh, ooh joining the healer train finally. Yep, and then uh, we are... Well, I mean, we'll get to what we're doing there, but uh, I got my first crafter up to 90. Um, it was also my first crafter up to 80. Uh, wood, wood, woodworking? 
or carpentry? It's woodworking. Um, and is it carpentry? I'm sorry. I've been mm -hmm. playing Project Zomboid um, with some friends, so I can't remember what <laughs> the skill was called because there's so many <laughs> other like crafting stats in there too. Um, yeah, the class and is carpenter. Okay, so carpenter. I got carpenter to 90, and it turned out like it was like really easy to level crafters because until you get to 80, like you can just like pick a collectible. Basically, from like 55 on, you can pick a single collectible and just grind that for like 15 levels. And then you move on to, and then you're like, so I could take like the first collectible I could make, get to like 65, pick like the 62 collectible, grind that up to like 74, pick the 72 one, grind that up to 80, and then 80, they like hack off the experience at the end. They're like, no, you're not, you can't do that anymore. So then you have no to pick an eight, yeah, so then you have to pick an 80 collectible and then make it work from there. Interesting. I finally got it so that now I have at least one class of each, uh, like one tank, one healer, one DPS over 90. So I've got my Dark Knight at 90, my healer for White Mage is at 90, and Bard and Machinist are both at 90. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, like, hearing Rayo tell me about, like, raid DPS for Bard being better than Machinist, I'm just like, I'm not feeling it, and I don't know where I'm screwing it up, and it's driving me nuts. Just got those bad dice. <laughs> yeah, that's actually an interesting thing, because I did the Stone Sky Sea one day for uh, Savage 1, and I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. First one attempt, I failed with, like, 8 seconds left. Second attempt, I cleared with 15 seconds left. Third attempt, I cleared with 20 seconds left. So having that kind of variance is just, I don't like that inconsistency. So I've kind of just been working on uh, Machinist a bit more and getting a better rotation on that. So I've yep. been doing some yep. Heidelin EX for practice the other night. And I was just like, yeah, these numbers feel more consistent for me. And getting that, that fight down feels pretty good. Now it's on to Savage, I guess, huh? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's the next after thing we're going to talk about. After you guys bullied me into Savage participation. <laughs> what about Jack? What have you been up to? Uh-oh. His audio is What have you been up to, up. Jack? Oh, Jack, come on. Get in here. Moving on then. Okay. Um. So yeah. So, yeah, so Savage. So we're fights. so so Matt, Kala, and I will be uh, jumping into Savage. Um, for the first time since have we done any Savage? <laughs> did we do Alexander? I did a tiny, tiny bit of Alexander and couldn't. I couldn't hack it at the time, but that was also you know, baby skills did... level in this game. So. Yeah, and I think I did a little bit of Omega um, Savage. Cal, when was the last time you did Savage? Uh, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're all a little rusty when it comes to Savage, and we're all about Eden. to just like... <laughs> I did it in Eden. Did you? <laughs> the last tier of Eden, yes. Okay. Was so, it like that traumatizing for you? You sound like you don't even no, want to talk about it. No, I, I, I don't know. 
it, no, it wasn't traumatizing. It's just that I I'm always upset with myself because I feel like, oh, I could do better. And I feel like I haven't. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to hold people back. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like that. And it's just like always on my head. I can't get it out. But apparently someone wanted to keep me on. So, and I would have stayed on if it weren't for timing and other stuff. Like it's, it's a commitment. And it's really fun. I really like doing Savage. It's just <sighs> full-time work, going to school, <laughs> and all of that makes for very tired Kala. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the main reason I haven't done it before with Ernest is just because, like, the timing just is very difficult for me, like, 9 to 5 plus anything else that I have externally going on. Like getting getting busy people all together for like a one small window a week or twice a week just seems like really, really hard to do. And especially to do that consistently at a high level. So I understand the trepidation. It's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm hopeful that we can get some clears going starting this week. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm very excited to do Savage with you guys. Um, that's been my biggest motivating factor is I don't have a lot of personal motivation to do Savage by myself. I, but it, I would rather experience that with people that I like, people that I enjoy playing the game with. And then that's the motivation to try and tackle the harder obstacles. Like, I like clearing EX fights with you guys. Like, if it was just me by myself, I wouldn't have cleared EX fights. And... Uh, I like doing this stuff with you guys, and so that's why that we're doing this is so we can do it together. Is this where you say Ohana means family? Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to say that. I'm I'm white, so I wasn't going to uh, culturally appropriate <laughs> things I like, like Ohana. There we go. And Stitch is my favorite. I love Stitch. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'm in the same boat where it's like I really don't want to do. Like, I, I'll do Party Finder if, like, I need something. Like, need, need, need. Like, a certain someone in our in our FC will do Savage content on their own. Yes. They know who they are. <laughs> but, but, but they have balls that are bigger than medicine balls. <laughs> that are bigger than yoga balls. I mean, they're, like, so big, they could crush the earth. I mean... Oh my god. <laughs> that's, that's really that's really graphic and expressive. You should see a doctor. You should probably yeah, see a that, doctor. That sounds like a medical problem. No, not a good thing. It's a good thing we dropped the content warning. It's mm -hmm. it's metaphorical, you know? Oh, it's a metaphor. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I guarantee it. We'll talk about it next time. We'll let you, we'll let you all know how this goes. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna go swimmingly. Yes, I'm. I'm sure. As as long as you know, we get call outs. Call outs and call outs. Yes, uh, they're the they don't need to subtweet me. I understand. I'm ha I'm having a problem calling out uh, things consistently. Um, not only that, but fights like markers. Because, because I'm not running as warrior. If I was running as warrior, 
Um, like I, I wouldn't even have to look at my hotbar just because like it's it's all muscle memory at this point. But I'm running a samurai in uh, EXs and Savage for our static, and I'm still not used to like there's a lot more buttons, so I'm not used to like the rotation like from a complete mental standpoint where I could do it in my sleep. So like I'll catch myself trying to look at my hotbar to make sure I'm on track, and then I look up and like you know a cast bar is already halfway full, or like you know Matt's already calling out something because I'm not saying anything. So I need to get better of paying attention to mechanics first, rotation second, because while it's good to make sure that I'm doing as much damage as possible, it doesn't help if people are dead from mechanics that I didn't call out. So I need to do better on callouts. So I need to learn the fights inside and out and um you know practice calling things out that way i know um that that way i like th that way it's instinctual for me to call out in the fight right that kind of reminds me one of the things that we were kind of screwing up in the heidelin fight when we were doing it the other night um we had group one and group two for splitting the healers group two uh, we could have slid closer to the start point of where the subparhelion start uh, shoots out. Like, there's no reason to stand halfway in between the two. You should mm -hmm. always stand closer to the one that's gonna fire off first. Yeah, and, and that's if you're standing so, further back. Run less. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what I mean. yeah, Our... which is what we were doing before, and 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 that's where I kept getting clipped, and I'm like, I, what am I doing wrong? You know, you know, not making it to the other side fast well. enough. <laughs> no, you know, like, so when I was doing it with just randos, uh, one of the things we had was a summoner or no, not a summoner, um, scholar. And that is one of those times where using um, the movement buff is actually really helpful. Oh. Yeah. Like, we were able to sprint across, like, without actually having to pop sprint, you get across yeah. just fine without any issues. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds very useful. Yeah, up mm -hmm. there in the corner, Utility. When, you're up in melee, yeah, when you're up in melee range, um, it's just like, you just go straight over. Like, I haven't been clipped once going over from that side. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, I've had a lot of fun in EX fights outside of the, that last trip, because we definitely advertised that for that one healer that joined, that poor healer. We were like, hey, weapon <laughs> farm, but there might be some mistakes, and then we literally went the entire time without a clear. Oops. Oops. Between the two fights, which ones do you guys enjoy more? I want to say Zodiac, but I think it's Heidelin, just because I think Heidelin's mechanics, Heidelin's mechanics are less wild uh, and more predictable. Um, but the, they require a bit more precision. Uh, yes. But the problem, so the problem with Zodiac is that when he's, so you have to watch for which direction he's rotating it. And then if he has snakes on the field, then you have to look at where the snakes are. And then you have to determine, you know, how their rotation changes where the safe spot is. And trying to think about that on the fly while also trying to make sure that you're getting, you know, your rotation off can be a little annoying, especially when you're the one doing the call outs. So that was the kind of the issue that we had was that I was, you know, I was freezing a second trying to think about, okay, which way's the thing rotating? How does that affect the fire stream across the middle? And how does that affect with the snakes? And so that's what makes Zodiac a little more difficult is that his mechanics can be a little more wild. Mm -hmm. I... I prefer Zodiac because at least then I know where the quadrants are. 
I get so like, and at least he stays where he's at. Whereas when you nudge Heidelin a bit and then the whole thing is just fucked and I'm like looking at the marks, I'm looking at where she is and then I'm like, I don't know if I'm standing in the right place and then I'll get clipped and I'm like, fuck my life. So what I've noticed from doing Heidelin is so long as she is kept middle and always like north and south, everything else is really predictable. Like you don't yes. have to worry about the the um the cardinal cleaves like just keep her right there like just centered facing north and you really shouldn't have any problem throughout the fight at least during the phases where she's not moving around like during the crystals phase i agree light waves the problem the, the problem is is if they don't keep them north and south yeah then it all then it all goes wild Although well, at least the, with aerials... the light waves mechanic is so it, like the light waves mechanic is always the same. So for yes. me, it's it it's really easy because you're always going to do the exact same thing every time. It's either mm -hmm. going to be either to the left side or the right side, as compared to Zodiac's mechanics. Right. Well, Zodiac's mechanics actually get a bit easier if you kind of think about the snakes in quadrants on the field. Like if you were able to think of it as just you know four squares. And then just think of the snakes like they're always going to affect a certain part of like each square and then like you kind of shrink it down and then it becomes a little bit easier to conceptualize so instead of thinking about two snakes you're only really thinking about one snake where does that not make any sense uh i would have to visualize that yeah that's always the hard part is like just visualizing things <laughs> and processing it in the moment mm-hmm Speaking of EX fights and savage stuff, remember Omega? Omega's yes. back in glamour form. Oh, Ugh. yeah. I don't know. I Ugh. didn't think it looked good. I don't think it looked. I didn't think it looked good on the <coughs> boss. I don't think it looks good on the characters. It, 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 it looks, looks very. Looks super specific. Like, so there's like a handful of people that are like, "Oh yeah, this is just what I needed for my glamour," and then other people are just gonna be like, "Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna pay for that. Thanks though." Yeah, it looks I don't like, like BDSM gear. <laughs> but like worse. And even then, like on well, Lala's, yes. it, it looks like it looks so bad on Lala's. I don't know. I don't know who that's really for. Uh, please. Yeah, please like glamours that like accentuate like, you know, sexual features look terrible on Lala Bells. Just straight up. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, they please do. don't do that ever again. What else is going on? We have the soundtrack coming soon. Very excited about more. that. Very excited to listen to Close in the Second uh, over and over again, You're which is already something. Yeah, that's what I meant. What did I said Close in the Second, didn't I? You did. Eh, yes. Words are hard. That. Close <laughs> in the distance, which is the best track. I, the best I track think, in I the think... soundtrack. I think close in the second sounds way better. <laughs> uh, okay, already. so flow flow is actually the best is the actually the best track. But I I really like I know that some people don't like it. Specifically, you folks in the last episode didn't like it, um, or at least didn't think it was as good as uh, the hype around it is. Um, I I think it's really good. 
and I really enjoy it. So I have no problem sitting in Ultima Thule and listening to it like over and over. I actually have it. So I've got the uh, uh, the wallpaper engine um, for, uh, for on Steam, and uh, I actually have an Ultima Thule like background with the music running. Oh, that's cool. Like, why would you I'd torture love... yourself? Because <laughs> it's a good song. I love "Close in the Distance." Like, it, the only thing is, you know, I haven't done the the fate trains for for Chi, so you know, I can't really, I can't really say I've suffered it the same way a lot of people have. But I think it's just like, just like the lyrics and the song itself, just really, really good. And I really like the more orchestral version that you get from Dead Ends. Like, I think I think they probably could have swapped... Like, they could have done a little bit more variety with it. Like, you could have started with, like, the vocal version of Close in the Distance maybe in the dungeon. Yeah. But... But I get it, that, like, for story purposes, it goes along with what's happening as you're going through the zone. Mm -hmm. um, I do empathize with the fact that, like, it the the track is the same in the entire zone, and I, mm -hmm. you know, I know that uh, some people would like the option to switch it back. I kind of think that the best idea is just to, um, to fade it in and out as it actually did in those specific areas of the zone. So whenever you're in the mm -hmm. first zone you know, it's it's what it was, and then as you progress, so like, if you go up to right outside the dungeon, that's when you've got the uh, the vocal version, and then the rest of it just kind of, like, comes in. Yeah, I, w I could see that being good. Like, I'm perfectly fine if it would actually just loop through all three versions. I think it should be able to do that. Or um, at least there should be, like, a soft option for you to be able to set. Although that would be really weird, like, to have one singular option in the options menu to say, like, hey, this is how I want Ultima Thule to play. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the, the easiest solution would have been to make the track longer. Like, it, it, the track itself is only is less than two minutes long. So it's, like, it's like a minute 30, minute 40 uh, to, get through the entire, to get through the entire song before it loops again. And that's just too short. Um, for you know when you're playing in a game for background music, and yeah, so if they had made it a full like track, if it had been like a two and a half minute, you know, closer to three minute track where you had like either multiple choruses or multiple verses or something like that to actually like make it more robust, then I don't think people would nearly have the problem that they have with it. It's just that they're they're hearing the same thing over and over and over over again in such a short amount of time that I think mm -hmm. that that was what causes animosity towards the track rather than appreciation for the track. I can only hear so many tales of loss and fire and grapes. <laughs> <gasps> also, speaking, no. of, uh, speaking of misunderstanding tracks, um, they're definitely leaning into the fact that we made it Big Fat Tacos for Ruby. Like, they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. They, they, they know that they they know that we make that joke and they leaned into it, especially for the final fight, the final trial. Um, when <laughs> so whenever that kicks in, you're like, okay, they used like they did because big fat tacos isn't as apparent in the uh, Ultima weapon fight. So no, that track, it's not there. It's all it only showed up in a ruby weapon and then s subsequent iterations of that. So like they they could have gone back to Ultima weapon and like taken out the joke. 
But no, they left it in. They're like, nah. They 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 sing it every time it comes up. So we're just gonna leave this in. I appreciate that. It's funny too because I was doing uh, Dunsky once, and I was just like, wait a minute, Proto Ultima. I hear big fat tacos, but it's just slower. Oh, <laughs> now I get it. And I felt like I felt like the biggest moron when that happened. But I also had to I also had to call it out in the raid, and somebody was just like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> like rude. <laughs> Sorry that I ruined it for you, I guess. Oh, I mean, were people really that attached to those specific lyrics? Big Fat Tacos is I, like fun. Like like I if it if it wasn't for Big Fat Tacos, I wouldn't like I wouldn't like care about that track. Like it sounds good, but like as soon as like the the song kicks in, the Ruby Weapon version of it, you're like Big Fat Tacos and you're just like I just every time. I can't help you're but so sing. Hype. Yeah. That's just like the, I mean, even the end singer, like that, that fight gets really hype once the music kicks in. Like oh, that, my that gosh. whole yeah. medley of, of tracks is just so good. Oh, I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, it was, it's really good. Um, I love. I cannot wait for uh, the EX version of that fight. Oh, it's going to be so wild. It's going to be great. Uh, the, the end singer fight, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, the music, the mechanics, even though the mechanics were somewhat similar to Zodiac, like they they had like some uh, uh, not mirrors but similarities. Um, mm -hmm. But like the I, I I really 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 enjoyed that. Um, and then the win mode at the end when the uh, when footfalls kicks in, like that's yeah. like really good and uh, really like just the whole fight just felt really really good. I mean, now that we're free to talk about spoilers, is there anything yeah. in particular like about the story that really resonated with any of you? Kala. I'm thinking. Okay. Well, while you're I know thinking. Ellie, I was going to say, I know Ellie, uh, one of our listeners, she was really struck by uh, a lot of the kind of maternal stuff, especially when the abomination started happening and was getting the Ooh. kids. Like that that hit her hard. She was just like, nope, not a fan of any of this. Ooh, interesting. And um, I, I totally see that, like, from a maternal point of view, that, like, makes sense that, like, seeing something like that would just, like, drive you nuts. Uh, like, but, you know, well, like, just, like, but, like would the, sting. Like, yeah, it has, have a, a, yeah, it has that, a very specific sting to it. Yeah, so, like, I, and I think that they, they probably counted on that to some degree, because you wouldn't put something like that in a game if you didn't want a visceral response to it. Um, right. Like from, like the visceral reaction to what's her name transforming in Holminster Switch. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, before that, it was it was before the dungeon. Right. Um, the uh, uh, for me it was the deconstruction of nihilism, um, mm -hmm. because I just think that that it's something that a lot of people have dealt with these last couple of years, and I think that the ultimate message of of hope against you know the the fight the the, uh, the message in the dead ends and from Medion and everything like that like that it just felt good to it felt good to have that reinforcement of like you just gotta keep going you know what I mean the forge ahead uh, you know motif like that like that that's a that was a really powerful point for me that really stuck with me um mm -hmm in this game. It's actually a very similar takeaway I had from Undertale too, but that's a different podcast for a different time. Ooh, that is a different podcast for a different time, but probably would be a good one. 
because Undertale is excellent. Uh, yes. And yeah, uh, just like yeah, that that very very strong push to like just have hope, have faith, even in the face of you know certain destruction, mm-hmm. and to fight on like that that really struck. Although like man, this game also has some just really like kind of gut wrenching moments, especially. So there was like two that like really stuck out, and it was one when it was like before uh, Matsu like almost transformed, and then Retra mm, and yeah. Estinian came down. I was just like, "No, don't take my best boy away from me on this." Like, <laughs> oh he was, yeah, he was too good. Yes, he was too good, and I would have been really sad if he had gone. And then after you cleared the second boss in Dead Ends, and you saw that final person just like set off all of the missiles that kind of like destroyed the world and it was just mm, like oh yep oh yeah. that really that... i could really feel like when he said i killed i them. killed them all i killed them all and you i really every time i see it i always feel my heart drop and you can feel like a kind of finality of like what he's done what the fuck like mm-hmm. i just killed everyone yeah and, and i think that they did a really good job of demonstrating multiple examples of of the way that you know people can lose touch with you know living and you know with the three the three planets that they showed in the dead ends and um and subsequently the the other ones that were discussed in Medion's report so you know because those are those can all essentially you know not that we're anywhere close to any of those things happening but they're all warnings of of the ways that people could lose touch with just the you know the the gift of of living and that that's something that i think was really important about um uh hermes's question to Medion, even though it was flawed to begin with which shout out to ebbett selk for like being like why did you come up with that was a terrible idea did you think yeah, about that you before a, you t- <laughs> you had a flawed premise from the get-go you because he was because imme- he was immediately like did you think at all what would happen if she didn't find what you were looking for out there what that would do and hermes was like nope <laughs> and uh but like the it is it's the privilege of the living to ponder the reason for living like like if, if you're not alive like you don't get to figure out like what was the point of living so like that that's something that's like really important like f- for me that i took away like from that um was that like it, it we can't ever lose sight of the gift of life to try and question the point of it and um and we definitely can't make the decision about living for other people like that's that's the other thing is you can't you can't like that cuz that was obviously Medion's uh hubris there was she came to the final determination that nobody wa- actually wanted to live so you know that that death was the the ultimate release which echoed 10 a lot so I'm kind of sad that we didn't get more 10 references in the game but um the uh but yeah so that's that's kind of what I was taken away from that mhm speaking of 10 references i was actually shocked that the anima fight was not a trial like, as we were going through the beginning of the story, I was just like, oh, man, Anima's totally going to be a trial. It's totally going to be a trial. And then, surprise, it's actually Zodiac. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Big, that big was switch like, there. Yeah, and, yeah, I, was like, oh, and, and I was actually shit. really pleased about that. Hydling. Yeah. <laughs> but I was really pleased about that kind of change. It was like, 
oh, you know, we, we fought the Maga sisters and then we fought Anima as a dungeon boss. And it was, it, it just brought to like the realization of just how crazy and fucked up things had gotten. And mm -hmm. I remember just thinking like, okay, if these are the bosses of the dungeons, what is coming next? And, and then of course, when you get to that point of fighting uh, Zodiac, and then to the to the realization that you're going to be fighting Heidelin, it it just it was all very heavy in my head, and I remember feeling like, well, what's gonna happen now? Like, what could possibly happen now that is, you know, worse or harder or whatever than this? You know, mm -hmm. um. Fighting Heidelin, I think, was the hardest thing. I'm, I'm like even actually getting teary-eyed thinking of it because I remember throughout the entire, you know, on the entire way of feeling doubt and and questioning <laughs> Heidelin, and I was just like, and then you, feel you bad go for through questioning the... her in the first. Oh place, my though. god! You yes, feel so guilty. I... <laughs> you are her bad little spark. Yes, I felt so guilty and and I especially felt guilty um doing the fight and and just learning about everything and it was just like I'm a fucking asshole. I mean, I knew I was an asshole, but I'm like really I'm really now a fucking asshole and like thanks. Thanks Yoshida, I just killed my mom. <laughs> like <laughs> and, and and of course it then it, it's it's like it brings you to uh, Smileton, and when when the fucking Loperits are like, your mom's breath smells like cabbage, and it's like, fuck you! How can you say that? <laughs> so, it is the most brutal burn in the whole game, I must say. Although I love that, like, when you're running through Smileton and you get to the final section, it says under construction. Sorry. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> oh god, they're like the best part about this whole X pack. I love them so much. Yep. I agree. They, I, and I'm, and I'm really happy to hear that Yoshida has gotten such a positive reaction from them, especially from the Japanese. And so I'm hoping we will continue to see more of them. I don't want them to be like a a one off kind of thing. I would be so sad if we don't see them more in the future. Like, well, I mean, it's in, in... just go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was um, gonna, oh, I was gonna say the oh, God, dang it, Calico. go. <laughs> Okay, if it's just within that um, expansion, within Endwalker, I'm going to be really disappointed. Because I think they can do so much with them. I mean, you think about the Namazu, they were just focused in there. I mean, the Moogles were just, I mean, you, sh you really don't see them outside of, you know, Heaven's Ward and A Realm Reborn. Mm -hmm. And so just to see them go beyond that would be really really nice because we don't really you know see the beastmen tribes elsewhere except for their specific set expansions which is a shame right. i think i think you could see them like partnering up with sid in some way shape or form going forward i think that would be probably the best use for them but it is very common for the the beast tribe to kind of just fade into the background and then show up when convenient for storyline purposes. Like you saw yeah. that throughout Endwalker, you got a lot of 
the Ixal showing up, the Pixies showing up. Like, but, and it was just to be like, oh, we're here to help the Warrior of Light not actually really have a part of the story because our story's already been told. So now let's, you know, push the Warrior of Light forward. Also, uh, this just popped into my head. Remember how they released the 1.0 trailer, like, right before launch? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you saw that when you were lifting off in the Ragnarok, and it was like, you bastards! <laughs> how dare you! How dare you pull at my emotional heartstrings like this? But I guess that was kind of the X-Pack as a whole. Bravo. Uh, to go back to Bravo. what you asked me earlier, what did I felt resonated with me the most... I have to say, watching Emmett Selk get so annoyed and so frustrated <laughs> with his friends, but still be so damn loyal and just like, just would do anything for them, even after they pestered him. And even though he's like, I don't really want to do this, it was just like, you know, he was such I a feel you there. <laughs> I feel you there, Emmett. Because I, I go through the same thing. So, yeah. I love Emmett. And, I'm, and I want... And I'm really sad that he's, like, gone forever-ish. Who knows? Or at least return Please. to the Ethereal Sea. Yes. I feel like now that that is a avenue of storyline, that it can resurface in some way, shape, or form. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Like, I'm not, like... I'm not trying to predict that that could be a thing that will happen, but if it did, I wouldn't be upset. You yeah. Know? Like, bring back my old favorites. Bring out the hits, but at the same time, I'm really interested to see where we go from here. And mm -hmm. with 6.1 potentially uh, getting revealed in two weeks, I'm hopeful, or rather on the 18th, I'm hopeful that we're going to, you know, finally get to see what's next. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm sure it's going to be crazy. Most definitely excited for the 24 man. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm that's going to be so cool. I'm wondering if that's what they're going to use as the vehicle to drive the story forward. That would be interesting if it played a more central role in the story, a lot like um, how they ended up making uh, the Crystal Tower uh, a requisite. <laughs> um, exactly. The uh, Because the other 24 mans were just very side stories. So, um, and you know, well, it's, it was, it's a shame that they ended up like that, but like they, like they were not crucial to the plot at all. And if, if myths, myths of the realm, if that ended up playing a stronger role in the story or being the vehicle to drive the next arc of the story, I think that would make, uh, th maybe that'll help people learn to do mechanics. <laughs> Where they're forced to go through these again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In order to actually finish the story. I could see that being the case. That would be interesting. Um, I was going to say, but like the previous two raids were all like collab things. So I feel like, although Void Arc wasn't part of the main story. So like, I think that one's kind of the odd man out in all of this. Yeah. But, but it's like they could go back to a collab uh, raid in 7.0, you know? I feel like that's a route that they could take if they wanted to. And yeah, they just I save agree. the the big, super awesome story moving ones for massive shifts like this one. Mm -hmm. I can I'm see sure that. by the time like 7.0 comes out, maybe we'll have 16 
And then that's where the tie-in's going to be. Mm. Oh, yeah. We still have we have a lot of 16 information coming later this year, apparently. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yoshida, please take a break. Stop smoking <laughs> cigarettes, but find some other thing to <laughs> help, you, help you chill out. Protect the Yoshida at all costs. Oh, yes. And I think with that, we can wrap it up. Uh, Kala, plugs. So you can find us on um, YouTube. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And I think we're still on Spotify. We might change that. I'm still thinking about it. You're debating. Uh, Yes, I am debating. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at CTRXIV. Oh, wait, is it CTR or CT? No, it's CT, CT Radio. CT Radio CT XIV. Radio. XIV. If you want to email us with your questions, comments, concerns, praises, if you want to say that Claude is crazy, that's totally fine. Go yeah, ahead and fine. email us at CT, <laughs> CT Radio XIV at gmail.com. And that's it, I believe. All right. Apologies for the lack of Jack. His audio setup just suddenly decided it didn't want to cooperate with uh, on WeCaster as we are trying out this new software because Craig died, guys. Craig Poor is Craig. Dead. So we're tr- we are trying desperately to find an alternative. If, if you can let us know how this sounds, you know, for you, if it's better or worse than the last episode, it would be very helpful. Um, we're trying to... F- figure it out and hopefully we'll come up with a resolution soon and with that uh, I think we can wrap it up so Callow and Claude and Jack thank you for being here today we will catch you all later bye bye